0: Hey everybody, this is Shelley, the mouthy mama at Talkin' Trash Intrudes, and, and it's very early in the morning. I haven't slept a whole lot and I'm very very tired and quite a lot of pain and I can feel my, I can feel myself sliding. <sighs> I talked to my therapist yesterday and I tried to explain to her, and I think I did a good job, that I don't feel depression like a blanket. I mean granted I I do feel different types of depressions um sometimes it it comes out of nowhere and it's like somebody opened a waterfall over my head and it's a non-stop waterfall and it's you know it's just it's it's beating down on me and it's pushing me you know lower and lower and it feels like I can't breathe and I I can't orient myself. And it just it beats down on me until I'm just sitting you know like as small as I can make myself wrapped up tight in some type of you know blanket or something those are the depressions where I, I can't move I, I can't move my legs I can't move my arms I can't move my head because it just takes too much effort and I don't have it in me to make that effort and that's the type of depression that I wouldn't say it scares me it's more like it just takes me by surprise every time because I've been dealing with that for 30 plus years and I still can't pinpoint the trigger or the, the telltale sign that that's the type of depression I'm going to experience. It, it doesn't give me any clues. That scares me because I don't want to be around somebody when that hits. Because you could see it hit me. It, look, it looks like, you know, I'm the most desolate person ever. My eyes go all droopy and I can't smile. I can't talk. I can barely move. And if that's going to happen, I'd rather be in the privacy of my own home where nobody's going to see it. I never want that to happen around other people because I mean they I think they'd feel terrible. There's nothing you can do when somebody's that overwhelmed with emotion or lack thereof. Sometimes my depression is not about sadness. Sometimes it's apathy. It's complete and total absolute apathy because I don't give a fuck. I hate that kind of depression and that's the type that's been hitting me the most. That I don't give a fuck anymore depression. You know it just, I'll be in the middle of doing something and it's like a wave just glides over me and all of a sudden I don't want to do what I was doing anymore. And I don't want to talk and I don't want to shower and I don't want to cook or clean or eat or drink or anything because nothing matters anymore when I get to that point. It's almost like I detach from reality because days can pass. And I I won't have the slightest clue what happened in those days. I mean, logically, I know I got up to pee, probably. I probably ate something. But it's just blank. Like I checked out. And my body was just running, you know, on automatic pilot that's one type of depression to go with the waterfall sensation so you have like despair you have um apathy then there's the desolate depression that's the one where out of nowhere i feel like this shadow just creeping toward me. And I can I can feel it just edging its way in. And then the thoughts start. And my brain goes, "Hey, how come you're still single? How come you got divorced? How come nobody loves you? How come your parents didn't want you? How come your family didn't want you? How come you're the black sheep when other relatives have done way worse things? You know, how come you're never invited to a wedding or a baptism or, you know, anything at all? A birthday, like even a kid's birthday. Jesus, invite me to Chuck E. Cheese or something. But no, they never did. They never did. The brain keeps going. You know, when I'm in that depression, my brain likes to come up with these wonderful things. Um, Like, why are you so easy to forget? Why is it so easy for them to choose someone else? To leave you? To not love you? you know well, why why is it so hard to love me i don't i don't think i make it difficult i'm loving caring funny there's nothing i wouldn't do for someone i love i'm loyal trustworthy reliable i don't try to blame other people for things that i've done if i've done or said something I cop to it. Yeah, it was me. I hold myself accountable. You know, my whole life I always have to be strong, be strong show. You know, my father did what he did to me. Be strong. Can't talk about that. Okay. got S, you know, S-Aid, got Aid, got Ard, got beat to a bloody pulp, all those things. Go to a doctor Try to see a shrink Tried to delete myself Had to see a different shrink And nobody had anything good to tell me <laughs> Ugh, Excuse me That came out of nowhere But um I don't think I'm a bad person. I mean, I curse a lot. Yeah, so what? I could turn a prayer into something dirty. And have. Many times. Those are personality quirks. That's me coping with all my issues and That's me just trying to connect with people. You know, make them laugh. The saddest people are the ones who go out of their way to make other people laugh. And not just the saddest. Sometimes it's those that carry the most pain, the most insecurity. For me, I don't want them to see below the surface, you know? I don't want them to see how much they hurt me. Every, every comedian that makes a fat joke, every, you know, buddy that comments about single women you know they're single because nobody wants them because they're broken okay i'm broken who broke me i didn't do it i worked my whole life to hold it together as much as i could against some really really unbelievable opposing forces Yeah. You know, daddy died when I was 13. My mother f- fucking fell apart. I had to become the adult. And that was fine. I grew up alone. I was used to doing things on my own. I was used to doing things for my grandmother. I was used to working in the gas station. So responsibility and me, we were old friends. But it was a lot for a 13-year-old. And then 15 was, of course, you know, when I was assaulted, violated, beaten. God, he was an asshole. But I was 16 when I was thrown out of my house to move my mother's boyfriend's kids in. I was 18 when I went to college and it was my first time out from under the thumb of any adult in my family, which really was every adult in my family, since they all took it upon themselves to order me around. I was always strong, though. I was always more mature than, than my age by quite a lot. And I realized I, I didn't get much of a childhood. The one who really Tried to make something of my childhood was daddy. You know he he made sure to take me to dollhouse museums and car shows, like not not you know like sports car shows. Although we went to those, but I liked muscle cars and I liked like old model T's and like Studebakers and they just I I love the old fashioned. Um, cars and he knew that and he would find these shows all over the place and drive us there every every time they had one because I love them you know and he would take me to historic sites and you know he never let me be shy about it he always found photo opportunities you know if we went to go see you know where we I think Salem and they had like a giant cauldron hanging out in one of the yards by one of the sites, the historic sites, and he put me in it and took pictures of me <laughs> in it. You know, if we went to the beach, he would start digging a hole and say, I'm sure if I were getting that all." and then he'd throw all the sand back in and pack it up until it was like around my neck and be like, no, nah, it's that feel like? feels fine. And he'd take pictures, put me in the stockade, you know, at like some fort That's one of my favorite pictures, actually. I love that picture because it's just so cute. Now they'd probably say, oh, that's child abuse. Stupid. It was fun. But, you know, Daddy always celebrated every moment with me. He always, you know, let's go here. Let's go there. Let me teach you this. Let me teach you that. He loved me. He valued me. And he was damn proud of me. And then he died. No warning. Nothing. The last words I said to him were, I hate you. Drop dead. And I went to my grandmother's back room to hide, and he left to go home. And when I woke up the next morning, nobody was in the house. I found my grandmother in the gas station where she never went. And I knew something was wrong, and I looked around. I said, where's mommy and daddy? Because they both worked there. And I thought maybe my mom threw her back out again. They just told me to go inside, get dressed. Because I was in my pajamas. Go inside, get dressed. We gotta go for a ride. But where's mom? And she's not here. We're gonna go see her. Oh, all right. Ran inside, got dressed. Never thinking that it was daddy, never never thinking he was gone. He was just barely hanging on to life, but my dad was gone and he wasn't coming back. And I wasn't even allowed to cry because they told me I had to be strong for my mother because she, Your mother's not strong, Michelle. Your mother can't handle it, Michelle. You're going to have to take care of her, Michelle. Okay. And I did. I did. I took care of her. I stayed with her. I did everything with her. and it got me nowhere, I still got kicked out at 16. (laughs) Replaced, I guess that's what some people do. They're unhappy so they get rid of everybody and replace them. I can't imagine getting rid of my kids I literally only breathe for them, because if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be here. Fuck this life. What did it ever do for me? But I have responsibilities, and I love my children so I won't leave them on their own. I mean, I know they're they're, they're pretty big now, you know. Connor'll be 16 next month. God. Katie's 27. Technically, they'd survive on their own. You know, technically I I've, I've done what i set out to do i made two very sweet loving kind humans they're not perfect i'm not perfect nobody is but they're good people i'm proud of that i'm proud of them I just don't know what other purpose I have anymore. I was always busy, always active, always creating and perfecting and helping and just I was just into everything. I had so many interests, so many friends. And then I hit one hiccup. And I find out that, you know, 90% of my friends don't give a fuck. And they were willing to just stay silent. I think that's I think that's why I I fight so hard when somebody I like, you know, when they're done dirty. You know, like Rikada Law. Why I was like, all right, what do we do? Just tell him what to do and I'll do it. Like, I'll go to war for him. I will go to war for Nick Rikada. But nobody went... To war for me that I expected would. Unexpected people went to war for me. And I'm still friends with those people. They valued me and I value them. The others, I don't wish them evil. I don't wish them bad. I just wish them away. Like you're fake, go away. One of the other kinds of depressions is the kind I'm I'm feeling now. Um, I explained it to my therapist as you ever get one of those compressed mattresses in the mail, you know, they put them in that big, thick plastic they suck all the air out and they vacuum seal it so it's flat and they can roll it and it's easier to transport. You can do it in the mail. It's not a problem. I normally on a good day and I have a lot of good days or okay days where I'm super controlled and I'm very like aware of everything that I'm doing because I can't I can't slip on the good days I'm that mattress laid out flat still compressed and like super wound in that plastic and something just st- starts it off where it's just like a, a little pinhole in the corner of the plastic that lets in just a little bit of air. But you can see it's already changing the shape of everything. That little bit of air. So all that control, all that compression... All that pushing everything down, 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 down to where you don't have to deal with it. Now there's there's a hole in the bucket, Eliza. You know, there's, there's this little pinprick that lets the air in. And the mattress starts to get bigger. Just in that corner. And then... In five minutes, you know, because it's not a lot of air. It's going to open up a little bit more. Get a little bigger. Now it's taking up more space. And then it doesn't take as long for the next bit to get bigger. And it continues to, you know, like to fill out and become too big to manage and you know you can't stop it. There's no way to stop it. It's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger until it overpowers the ability for the plastic to contain it and just pop, pops right through it. And just now you have this giant, thick, cumbersome, heavy, Mattress in the middle of everything, you were unprepared to take the, the plastic off, you were unprepared for it to, you know, fill out, for it to take up so much space, to become un, unwielding. That's that's what I feel like right now. Right now, it started in the middle of the night where I can almost hear the little, you know, but now because I'm so, so, so overtired, and I'm so swollen, like the pain, I can't. Those two things together, they don't leave me in the best mental place. But then when you add to that, the fact that I can't, I can't even walk my kids to McDonald's. You know, I can't do anything. I tried to heat up, um, a hot pocket for myself the other day. And I got to the kitchen and I had to rest. And then I put in the microwave and I had to walk all the way back to the living room so I could sit down because I couldn't stand anymore. I could not stand for the amount of time it took to cook a hot pocket. In January, I spent most of my day on my feet. I've always been at jobs where I spent most of my days on my feet, running around here and there, carrying this, carrying that. And and now what am I doing? I can't even carry myself. And it, it leaves me, it makes me scared and... And I, I sink real low because what what is this? Like, who am I now? Who am I capable of being? Do, am I still the same person I was before? Do I have the time that I thought I had before? Because it doesn't feel like it. It really doesn't. And I don't know if I'm happy or sad about it, but those are my, my kinds of depression. And I mean, the one that I feel now is usually my, what I call, I'm not bipolar, but I tend to call them like my my bipolar moments because it's you know usually like a really happy day you know followed by a really crap week it's never like a good ratio it's never like one to one or even one to two it's always like one good day six that suck one good day seven that suck and it's i try to to you know get myself out of it play some music or whatever but sometimes the depressions you know they they combine and i have that apathetic slowly but surely overwhelming cumbersome but yet comfortable depression because that's basically what, if we're going with the mattress metaphor, like, or the mattress analogy. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think to a degree, we all find a little bit of comfort, even in our times of mental distress, even if we have like a mental disorder or an illness at the time. I think there's comfort in knowing why, you know, what to attribute it to. I mean, as humans, we're pretty good at, you know, categorization. We're good at compartmentalizing. And I know the two things are different, but if you do one, the other is so much easier. that's why people love their labels you know if you fit into a certain box and then I no longer like that box everybody that's in that box gets put away and you know all that was easy you know there's no overthinking it I don't like to do that I don't want to paint everybody I used to I mean I'm I wasn't any different than your average girl or your average human? Because it's not, you know, just girls. I I jumped to conclusions. I made assumptions. I made sweeping generalizations. And I, I try not to do that anymore because I don't fit any labels like before. Yeah, you know, every day it's If I was to label myself, I'd have to change it every day. Because everything around me is changing. Everything within me is changing. Some are evolving. Some are deteriorating, you know. But it's changing. So I don't want labels, because labels encourage you not to change. They encourage you to to stick to a prescribed you know set of characteristics or values or whatever. And I I'm not I'm not big on rules. I'll follow them, but I don't like them. You know, I've never liked rules. I think I'm a pretty good judge. When I follow other people's rules is when I fuck up. When I follow my own, I do okay. I just I I really wanted to let you guys know, you know, everybody, I think, should have some knowledge that they're not alone in the hard times. You know, they're not alone when they feel like nobody else has ever felt a pain like this. Yeah, they have. And they felt worse. And they felt better everybody experiences their own hell at some point. Some people experience it their entire lives. you know because they either they never come across a happy moment or they choose to deny themselves the happy moments. Some people are incapable of accepting goodness into their life. And part of me understands that. You know, when you love something, when you love someone, when you feel joy because of something or someone else, there's a danger there that that can get taken away from you or it can turn on you. And then your happiness is heartbreak and pain and then you you tend to feel those more keenly than you felt the happiness it's like they tip the scale in their favor as far as influence you know like in pretty woman she said the bad stuff's easier to believe yeah because we hear it with such frequency if we spent more time talking positive that would be the norm that would be easier to believe but it's not because people are shitty and petty and it's what we do i'm no different anyway i just want you guys you know whoever's listening to know that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to not have very good moments sometimes, but what's important is that, you know, you don't live in those moments. Don't get comfortable in them. In fact, make them as uncomfortable as possible for yourself so that you move through them quicker. I know it's virtually impossible to push yourself through depression into something you know resembling contentment or happiness for yourself now for other people you can flip that switch real quick that mask comes on BAM oh you know I, don't, I, I can't eat I can't sleep I can't this Oh look, it's my friend. I can't let them think I'm upset. And ta-da! You know, you put on the show. More people come along. You up the ante. I love how people always tell me, oh Shell, you're so extra. <laughs> yeah, I kinda gotta be. Yeah, you know, I gotta be all flash and you know, pizzazz, and here we go. And Okay, look over here. Look over here. Don't look directly here. Don't pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. You know, it's. You get my real personality. But you get the good part. You know, like. You get the. The Joker. And, you know, the court jester the clown which is ironic because i'm terrified of clowns um but well maybe not terrified i just i don't like them they're creepy (sighs) and i have yet to meet a clown who was a good person in real life they're all friggin' sickos Do me a favor, if you're listening and you're out there and you're feeling some type of way, reach out to somebody. Talk to somebody. Don't just lounge around in your depression. You know, the suckiest thing in the world is to throw a pity party for yourself. Because you're the only one that wants to be there. Nobody else wants to go to that party. It's a sucky party. It's stupid. Throw yourself a, you know, I don't give a fuck today party. I just do whatever. Sometimes I think that we won't even give ourselves five minutes of self-congratulations. Like, do you ever just give yourself five minutes where you sit down and try to convince yourself of all the good things that you are? Because we do it for other people. You'll spend hours telling somebody you care about, you know, how wonderful they are, how they deserve this, they're worth that. But we never tell ourselves that And I mean, who knows better than us? If I tell me I'm smart, shouldn't I believe me? I've known me a very long time. Me and myself and I, that's the longest relationship I've ever had. We'll be together till we're dead. Cradle to grave. So if I've been with this person all this time i know all her innermost thoughts and secrets desires why can't i process that information flip it around and tell myself legitimately the good things about me why can't i recognize some of the more you know, annoying things about me. Why can't I, you know, do all sorts of things regarding myself? I, I'm in control of this relationship. You would think that would be a good thing, but it just leaves me more lost than ever some days. Not all. I mean, most days I know exactly who the fuck I am, but... sometimes I just sit and I just wonder, like, why? Why why am I doing this? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And if you've ever had those moments, you know that they pass. They feel like they're forever. But they do. They pass. Let them pass. You know, if you're going through hell, don't stop. Keep going. It's the only way out, is to keep going. Please reach out to people if you're feeling down, if you just wanna vent, if you just gotta get it out. Sometimes you have to write stuff out. That used to help me. Sometimes it still does. Sometimes you gotta break a couple things. You know, get some egg cartons. Break some egg cartons. You know, rip a tissue into teeny tiny little pieces. Eat some extra french fries. You know, bounce a ball against a wall or something. Just do something to get it out so you can build up some momentum to get past it. And I know it's so much easier to say that than do it, but I do this every day. Sometimes several times a day. Sometimes I don't do so well and it overpowers me and I'm useless for three or four days at a time. And that's scary because I won't say a word in that time. Not one word. And nobody notices. And I think that breaks my heart more than what made me quiet. Because there's nobody there to notice anymore. Being alone sucks. It sucks. And yet I'm okay with my own company. It's just it makes it hard to um, watch a movie when I have nobody to commentate with. Nobody to banter back and forth. I miss that kind of stuff. I miss knowing that at the end of the day when I've been strong all day and in charge all day that I can fall into somebody's arms and just trust them to hold me together and to take over for now. And. I don't have to make any more decisions right now and I don't have to be, you know, super mom. It's, I don't have to be that person. I can just lean on somebody and know that they're there in the trench with me. And I don't have that. And that's what I, that's what I miss and that was my phone going off. (sighs) Do me a favor. You can reach out to me if you wanna talk. You can reach out to me with comments, questions, observations, whatever you like. Just reach out, you know, connections are good. I love connections. I wanna make more connections, but not in like a creepy way. If you're creepy, maybe connect with somebody else. But, um, yeah. So this was a unexpected and unplanned podcast, but I just felt the need to, to really get into that. And to put this out there for anybody who might benefit from it. Just remember everything everything passes. You know, there will be brighter days. But you have to make it to those brighter days. So just hold on. Even if you're white knuckling it, you know, it's fine. You just hold on. You keep holding on and I'll I'll keep holding on too. And things will get better. Just ride the waves. Eventually, you know, we'll be good. We'll all be good. (sighs) So, I'm going to see if I can get to sleep. I hope you enjoyed this and got something out of it and keep your head up i'll see you in the funny papers bye